0: Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle. Miss Southern Shell, how are you today? I'm okay. You okay?
1: I caught your sinus.
0: Ah, I'm I'm finally feeling better. It's like it's like one of us gets a... I I think you know school starting back. Michael yeah. got sick. So just they're bringing all these damn germs to us. We need to buy uh, all and make sure he washes his hands every day. I try to make him.
1: Yeah, as soon as he gets off the bus, I say, uh, "Wash your hands,
0: man." Wash them germy germs. Nasty little kids <laughs> coming home from school, riding the bus. You know they're all coughing and sneezing on each other. Yeah.
1: I got a surefire fix for this.
0: So. What's that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> whiskey! I know what you're talking about. That'll fix anything. I don't know. Uh, well, what are we gonna talk about this week? You wanna talk about the recipe we did?
1: Sure. Uh, this week we had planned to talk about fantasy football, but our fan your fantasy football draft is this weekend, so we thought it'd be better to, to talk do it about- next yeah. week. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna bring. I've already talked to Justin. He's gonna come on. Okay. He's a uh, he's been a buddy of mine. He cooked with us for a long time. He was and-
1: doing original killer hall. Yeah, now
0: man. he's in. Uh, now he's in the. Fantasy, I mean he's been in a fantasy football league before I ever got invited in. So I don't yeah. know. How many years have those guys been doing that? We'll get Justin to tell us all that. You were in it. You were in it. Like, Justin
1: was in it the first,
0: when he first, first started started
1: too. It was like two thousand one. Back when it was like
0: a paper league? Did you even was it No, it
1: was a Yahoo. It was like one of the first year Yahoo Which, did a, yeah a okay.
0: league. He'll have to tell me all about it. I wouldn't But there
1: wasn't a draft. Like you set up who you thought you wanted, you know. And it drafted and it set, was an like an auto, auto draft. draft. Yeah, huh?
0: The a party. Did that. It was very. I just.
1: It's really grown. <laughs> they started taking it way too serious. I had to. Yeah, get out. it's very
0: serious. So they got me involved cooking all this food. <laughs> <You> no, <know> it's <laughs> serious. We're going to try to uh, get a little footage. You got a plan for something just to kind of show what we do at the draft. Is that what you're doing? You going to show what I'm cooking and all that kind of? Yeah,
1: it's kind of going to be the premise yeah. of the video is I'm thinking is you know Malcolm cooking for an event a party. You at know, the
0: house. At the house, yeah. And you know what sucks, though? It's going You're going to talk
1: about your timeline and things like that. Yeah. Well, you got to deal with rain. Yeah, it's you part of Adversity,
0: life. man. It's part yeah. of it. you got to cook in bad weather. It can't all be sunshine. I guess it's better than being 100 degrees. I'll take a little rain. I'm going to hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Would you?
1: Yeah. You can put a pop-up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I gonna plan to cook on Jolene, so I'm doing. I'm doing – Every every year, I mean, just to give you a little insight, I try to do like a different, I don't know, would you call it a theme or just, it's, I just try to cook something different every time. Well, the first so we've done year, like Mexican food, we've done traditional, just barbecue. A lot of times it's just like, it started out, just everybody bring a dish. So We might have some wings, probably have Rotel dip or something like that.
1: And you brought a pr- smoked prime, you messed up and brought a smoked prime rib one year.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of started setting the tone for – Yeah, and every year you've kind of got, – Got it bigger and better. it up every yeah. year.
1: We're looking for a – What did we do last year?
0: I did all wings last year. I mean, the name of our, our league is Ribs and Whiskey, so I usually always you throw did, in some you ribs. You did
1: Memphis Dry Ribs. Yeah, last year.
0: And i winged six ways yeah. or something like that.
1: like some were fried, some were smoked, some were grilled, all different flavors. That
0: was – that was really, that's be hard to beat that. And then we
1: had a couple dips and things like that.
0: And this year I'm doing kind of – Texas style barbecue. So I'm gonna do a brisket, just a kind of a salt and pepper brisket. We gotta do seasoning I'm working on. And then uh do some ribs the same kind of way. Wrap everything in butcher paper and you're gonna do a couple I I'm guess those Texas would you call them Texas inspired dips your version? I know the yeah. you make one dip, we always call it crack dip or whatever, but you're gonna to try to jazz that up and turn it into a Grande Gringo dip or something, right? <laughs> yeah. it's your request. <laughs> no, it'll be good.
1: This is that the Grande Gringo it was kind of your idea but i think it's going to be good
0: yeah and then we're going to do a, a take on kind of a classic rotel but you're going to sausage it up and make it really good
1: mm-hmm. that's going to be a crawfish or a creole
0: creole rotel
1: creole rotel uh,
0: i guess we're going to call that like
1: king crawdip
0: west texas or east texas <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of on the line or something and, why um, just because you're going to put the uh, cajun season yeah, in rotel? i'm just going to put the cajun i'm interested in to see about that i've never had cajun rotel i don't know I might have yeah, this Yeah, idea. I don't know. It might be better with a gringo in it.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm going to have to think about this Yeah. One. But I ain't Anyway, doing... it's going to be a
0: Rotel with sausage and cream cheese and Velveeta and all the good stuff. Yeah. I
1: could just do that. You're Why put... mess up a good thing? Why mess up a good thing, Why start yeah. jacking with a good thing.
0: What um, side, you got to do some other sides, too? Because you usually uh, do the sides. I usually do the meats.
1: I am. I've been working on a recipe for a potato salad. We had a potato salad in Texas, actually, mm-hmm. a meat church class, and I've been trying to replicate it. And I'm, <laughs> I think I got it.
0: <laughs> it's like a. <laughs> well, you ever had a slice? It's I call it kind of deli style. That's the first time I had a potato salad like that. It's not like your traditional Southern. Yeah, it's not a mayonnaise and mustard potato. Yeah. potato salad like you get at grandma's. It's not that. This is more.
1: The potatoes are sliced. They're small potatoes and they're sliced.
0: It's almost kind of like loaded potato salad in a way. I think that's what they call it, loaded potato salad. But instead of being heavily mayo-based, it's got that sour cream element. Mm -hmm. Is that why they call it loaded potato salad because it's made with sour cream? I guess. And it's got chives and stuff you put on a baked potato, I guess. This one
1: didn't have cheese, so I'm not adding cheese to this particular loaded baked potato. But you add
0: eggs still, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You put eggs in it? Yeah. You put like onions and stuff? Um or just green onion.
1: Just green onion.
0: Bacon? I'm working on it. Bacon?
1: Of course. <laughs> like a pound. Yeah. Oh no, that's gonna be good. That is loaded. <laughs> that's where you yeah. get the loaded from. Yeah, there you go. So, well anyway,
0: that's all that's what we're gonna try to show some insight on that. I hope the video comes together. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna do some footage and heck, I'd I'd like to do some uh I don't know if the guys will be up for it or not. You know have fantasy football and you get a bunch of guys together; they might not want to be uh-uh. shown. <laughs> you never know what vocabulary is gonna get thrown around. Wife might see it, so I don't know if I'll be able to. Sh- I'm gonna show some stuff. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go. Li- I'm gonna try to go live on Instagram or something. And play around. I've been wanting to play around with the Instagram TV. Try to, you know, it's like longer form video.
1: Yeah, I haven't. Even looked at it. Have
0: you like played with yeah, it? Any? Anyway? I, I mean, yeah, I've looked as far as how to load, how to put a video on it. It's yeah. nothing to it, but it's just meant for, say, you know, in your story, you could do a short video or whatever, or even on your your main was it your main feed? I guess. Yeah, fifteen but seconds this one, in your
1: story and what thirty? On your
0: I do I think they can go a little bit longer, but
1: forty five.
0: But anyway, you can go. You know, I don't think you can go like an hour on TV. I don't know. I don't know how far you can go, but I know. I know there's some guys that doing some longer stuff on it. So I thought we might do some of that. But sounds
1: like a plan.
0: It's going to be football, man. There's a a big game Saturday night.
1: I didn't know until Mark said something about it. I didn't realize it was this. I thought
0: everything started next weekend. We got games this weekend. Florida, Miami. I mean, that's a you know, it's pretty big matchup there. Hopefully,
1: it'll be a good game.
0: I think there's a game on Sunday too. I, I hadn't looked at the. I, Look at, I was uh, like was college. I'm, I've been focusing on you know the fantasy football, so I hadn't even paid attention to college. And I knew a lot of the games are next weekend. Our big local game is Ole Miss and Memphis, and um, we. Uh, that's the weekend I was thinking. Everybody's everything was kicking off, you know. I know there'll be a big there'll probably be a big game yeah, take, Thursday next Thursday, next Friday. Yeah, there's always a it's Labor Thursday Day weekend kickoff. I gotta do something for Labor Day.
1: Yeah, what? Well,
0: <laughs> I don't you know, I don't know.
1: You had some ideas you were kicking around.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, what I really want to do and I hadn't done it yet, is like a deer a a deer roast where I cook it and it falls apart. I mean, I don't know, is that is too that Labor Day there? Eh, not really. I yeah. see I gotta do something for Labor Day. I don't know. I got some ideas. What
1: about a burger? Like an all-American yeah. burger. All-American? The only problem is Mark Williams just America. did a video. His, on... He did a
0: good burger, man. Yeah. You see that skirt, cheesy skirt burger yes. he did? Yes, We did chops this week. I did my version. Char Si pork Chinese chops. Chinese barbecue pork chops.
1: So where'd you get the idea to do Char Si pork chops?
0: Well, I love, I mean, Char Si is really good. Most time you see it. It's either like part of a butt roast, you know. They they'll cut what off. What is char si? It's Chinese barbecue. It's okay. they take them. They take all these like it's got it's got the sweet element. It's got sugar, honey, uh, things like that. Then it's got the tra- like traditional Chinese. It's got the like, hoisin uh, hoisin sauce, which is like Chinese barbecue sauce. Of course, it's got soy sauce. A lot of times they'll use like a, a cooking wine or a rice wine or something like that. I use rice wine vinegar. I just yeah. like the acidity in it. And then you put ginger in it. You put uh garlic in it and you put shallot in it, you know, you gotta get some herbs and then Did you put you... some
1: chives in there? No. Not no, chives I scow-
0: uh, no I put green onions. onions. Mm-hmm. But uh it also is traditionally is really red. Like that's what it is. It's like it puts this beautiful red color on it. Usually it has a like a, a faux smoke ring mm-hmm. already because it's marinated for a long time. That's what makes it. And and when I was researching traditionally they use like um a beet powder or like a ground ground beet powder to really give it a red color. I don't know if that's to me that'd give it some earthiness. I'm not a real fan of beets. And that was one yeah. I didn't, but I couldn't find that. And I've also seen them use like a, it's almost like a, a tofu, but it's like a one they fermented and it's got a red color to it. Mm. I've seen them use that, like make a paste with that and add it to it to give it that red color. Or you can just use red food color. Yeah. And that's what I did. That was that's kind of the, I don't know what you would call that the Americanized way to do yeah. it. I and mean, I'm sure that's, that's, and you know, when you go to, it's easy, you go to take out Chinese place and they've got Chinese spare ribs. That's kind of what they, It's kind of like char siu spare ribs. Yeah. And, it's, and I
1: bet you they're the, using red food. color. Oh yeah.
0: And a lot of times I don't even think those are really, it's really rib meat. It's probably butts cut up into little pieces. Cause that's what, you know, a lot of times they do guarantee you they're using red food color. Yeah. Yeah. But just cause it's easy to source. So that was kind of my take on it. Um, You You see it with pork belly. You see it with you know with pork roast. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do that too. Because it it was all about the flavors of the marinade. That's what made it so good. Pork chop. It was. It. I mean, I had some nice thick cut chops. You know, and they're chops. To me, it's been better. I like it when it's got a little more fat to it. Yeah. So instead of having a center cut chop. I think it would have been better with like a, a blade chop, kind of like a, a pork steak. Yeah. Or either some of that front end off the loin where you got more of that fat, kind of that pork spinalis going around it. Yeah. And where it's fatty, that would have been really good because it would have charred up because that fat would have charred up more. The center cut chops were good, but it's just like, I mean, they stayed in that marinade 12 hours and they're still just in the center. They're kind of a little bland, I would say, yeah. you know, because it's it's just lean pork. And all you know, you do get the flavor of the marinade and the char and all that, and that was really good.
1: But are you going to get flavor into a thick cut chop like that anyway?
0: Probably not, unless you brine it or you know something like that. And you could—I mean, I marinated it. It, and it and it soaked up the flavor, but all the flavor was on the outside yeah. when it was on the inside. I mean, it was juicy and all, but it—it it was just—I was like, man, doing these with chops, is good. Or you
1: could have done it with a thinner chop.
0: Yeah, you could probably like do it and that just that you grill them. Fry. That would have been good too. Like if you'd done some thin chops and, and kind of grilled yeah. them, maybe on the PK or egg or something like that, instead yeah. of doing them on the drum. I like the smoky flavor that the drum added to it and the char. But if you were doing thin ones, you could cook them fast and it would be, it would be almost like those Korean flanking ribs, you know, yes. they marinated them and grilled them fast. You could do that with that. And it would, I think you would get some really good flavor too. But, I mean, there was good with the chops, but I think I could do better. Yeah. With the pork belly or with, I you know, pork steaks. I know not think, think pork about steaks. pork steaks.
1: Because yeah. the parts where you would get a little piece of fat and it Oh yeah. caramelized. Oh, man, it was so good. Caramelized.
0: Caramelized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, gotten a little crispy, you yeah. know.
0: But, you know, it's a quick, it's really, that was a quick recipe. I mean, it's all in putting that marinade together, mm-hmm. letting it soak overnight. Um and then coming back and just cooking it, which was nothing to the cooking process. I, you know, 15 minutes, flip them another 10 minutes and start glazing. And it was 15 15. Yeah. Is
1: what you did, but you could just, and, do, and then glazed, yeah.
0: well, glaze them another three times. It was about 45 minutes cook time. So
1: why don't you take them to a higher internal temp than you typically do?
0: Cause I was wanting to get some more char on them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, normally, you know, you could have them. Pork chops, you could eat. They say you could eat them at 140. 140. Yeah. I went to one, one fifty five. I mean, they carried over a little bit. I mean, that's that's where most people eat them. A yeah. lot of people are having aversion if they see pink and pork.
1: Not me, but yeah, yeah. not you.
0: <laughs> You're good with it. I don't know. Those came from Kroger. I don't know how they've been treated. <laughs> <Fitbit's> <laughs> good. You know, those were just off the shelf. You
1: they know, were good. They were good pork chops. They were a good mm-hmm. pork chop because
0: I I eat 'em them. I actually cut them up and was eating them cold, and I was like, man, these are
1: great. Yeah, you know. Well, Chinese food is pretty it's good cold. Pretty <laughs> good cold. All I was
0: missing was like the little white box with the little yeah. wire handle, you know, some, some white rice to go with it. But that made amazing. You know, I, had, I think there's one or two left, and I had the idea. I might take those, chop them up into little pieces. Because, you know, when you get fried rice and it's got those little pieces mm-hmm. of pork in it? I'm sure that's what it is. Heck, yeah. And they've just done the same thing and then used that. To flavor some fried rice or some, you know, lo mein yeah. or whatever. Ooh, it'd be really main. good. You could do it'd be really good. Some stir fry some vegetables, throw some noodles in there, some of that pork, warm it up, add your soy. I a little mean, teriyaki or something. It'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. A fish sauce, or oyster sauce.
1: Because the sauce, the glaze that you created, the marinade, and everything, Make it go, is anything. so anything. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, I have trouble with these dangum things They no- Don't fit the fat guy's ears. <laughs> they're no airpods yeah they're no apple airpods i think I got, these were five bucks oh really yeah on amazon it was like three pack for fifteen dollars but so yeah you could use that marinade man i think it'd be good on wings it would be good you could do a lot of stuff with that marinade other than just pork but I liked t- how you, traditionally char sioux's pork
1: i i like how you preserve a little bit of the marinade yeah and added some honey and use that as your as glaze. A glaze. And it was good. It yeah. made
0: the glaze good. It was, it was sweet. Cause that way you're not savory. making two
1: different recipes. You're making one recipe and it's.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've seen, a you know, things. when I was researching it, <clears throat> a lot of people would, would, you could take the mar- you know, what it would have been marinated in and put that on the stove and cook that down. And, you because know, yeah, you're cooking yeah. all the raw, whether it's been contaminated with pork, but you're cooking all that out of it, turning it into almost like a glue. A syrup, almost, you know, over high heat, and then glazing with that, you could do that too. Yeah. But I, you know, I thought just adding honey to it would have been, it may, it may it gave it the consistency I wanted. So yeah. you, know, you could have used corn syrup or something like that. But honey was honey was honey worked.
1: They were really good. And plum
0: jelly probably would have been good mixed with it. You something, know, something anything it some, like yeah, that.
1: Yeah. You really just kind of need something that's going to help you give it a little sheen,
0: right? Right. Help you
1: caramelize.
0: That's it. And that's what the sugars does. That's what the honey does back in, and it kind of helps it caramelize up more. Yeah, get a little more of that char on it from that sugar.
1: And you think? Well, we talked about what would you do differently. Yeah. You want to do it? I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going
0: to be using that. I'll, you know, I'll be using that in cooking.
1: So, how are you going to do the pork belly? Are you going to cut it into strips?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. you cut it into chunks. Like a lot of times, i have seen char sioux, You know, it'll be like almost. Just think of like a rectangle. And then they serve it sliced. And so almost brisket slices. Yeah. And they, you know, most of the time it's roasted in the oven, something like that. So it can get crispy kind of. But I was, you know, I'm always going to try to figure out a way to do it on the grill. But.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the the caramelization and the flavor it got from the grill yeah. was hard to beat. You couldn't right. replicate that. No, you,
0: know, you couldn't. I mean, you could get it you get it cooked in the oven, but I don't think have, it would have near the flavor yeah. because that, the, the drum added another element to the to the flavor of it. Yes. You knew it was cooked on a grill over coals.
1: And to me, there's something about a drum that it's got one of the best flavors oh, yeah, as far as grills.
0: I always say that. Yeah. Drum has that authentic pit flavor.
1: That's what I was trying to get you to cook the brisket on the drum. Really? <laughs> but for but the, you said you don't like the bark.
0: Man, I, I like the bark better off Jolene.
1: Yeah. You posted a picture. I guess you well you, you cooked a brisket Saturday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last Saturday. I yeah. got up
0: early. Sun was coming up. Pushed up pushed Miss Jolene out there.
1: Took a picture. Yeah. <laughs> that was an awesome picture. It wasn't was it? a great pitch. Uh, you put we'll something on the look at her just sitting there, sun coming up behind her. Just being funny, you know somebody commented, How much do you love that pitch? <laughs> That's my side piece. <laughs> I thought that was funny.
0: Man, you mean people don't just sit there and admire their pits when (laughs) they're something? Who don't do that? Right?
1: They just sit there and look at it. Yeah,
0: heck yeah. I go by and look at mine all the time. (laughs) Man, them look good sitting there.
1: When they're cleaned
0: up. Yeah, when they're cleaned up. Yeah, when they're dirty, man. It don't matter. Everything gets dirty. I even, man, I've had a good Saturday. pulled up side by side, pressure washed it, got all the mud off, got it ready to ride around,
1: cooked a brisket, cooked some ribs. Um
0: oh, ribs the, the ribs were the ribs were awesome <laughs> weren't they <laughs> what'd you do
1: to those ribs man
0: nothing what, put some post kind of up to were? them those were sam's club i don't know what brand they didn't have a brand on them imagine they were ibps or something like that and uh i cooked the whole old school old school spare ribs you Just know the whole yeah the whole big slab and man. then hit up pulled the membranes off cut the flap a little bit knocked the little uh part of the the chest bone off of it, the breast bone the cartilage there. And I mean, I still left them long and wide, you know, and then uh, put them on there or I hit them with the the new, same thing I hit the brisket with, was kind of heavy salt and pepper and a little, little added garlic, onion, herbs, yeah. you know, so that hit them with that pretty heavy and then smoked them for, it was five hours total, four hours, wrapped them in butcher paper, another hour, I kind of did the old field test to them. I said, whoa, these things are done. Took them off. Let them rest for about an hour. No, I let them rest. They probably rested for two hours because we yeah, was, we got we in were, the pool. Ew. Had a few uh, cold beverages and got in the pool, and we got out and ate dinner. And, man, those ribs were awesome. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing was we ate them with? Uh, we. didn't I mean, what's uh, the bishop sauce? Yes. And what it is, it's like it comes from this place in Alabama, like a little barbecue joint or something in a little squeeze bottle, and it's pretty much vinegar, cayenne, and salt. And it separates as it sits in the refrigerator or wherever you keep it. And then the thing is, I think I've talked about says, this before. Yeah, but it says
1: it's three sauces in
0: one. Yeah, because you use it if you use it just like don't shake it too much, don't tilt it or anything. Just splash it on. It's just kind of vinegary. And then you get the salt. But then if you shake it a little, the salt and then the cayenne comes up a little, so it gets a little bit spicy. But if you really shake it, really get it combined and go to it, it'll put some heat to you. Of course, that's how I liked it. It was man, squirted over those ribs. They were just. Melted now, these were melting your mouth, not you, fall off the bone, but they were pretty good. Close, a
1: touch over, and yeah. there was like maybe you know a On piece of a slab. There yeah. was a little that I thought
0: they were. They were good. That's how. That's some eating ribs, man. Yes. You could make yourself plump sick <laughs> off eating it those. It was ribs. so
1: good. I was dipping it. I had the bishops going. I had a little killer hogs vinegar going. Mm-hmm. You know, but they were just good. That's my kind of red. That's what I'm
0: cooking this weekend too. I'm gonna do the same thing.
1: And I did a potato salad and a macaroni salad recipe. I'm kind of working on because we're we're working on a cookbook, so I'm trying to get a few side yeah. recipes to contribute to go to it.
0: Yeah, the Malcolm Shell Cooking Extravaganza cookbook, <laughs> cookbook of all cookbooks.
1: It's mostly Malcolm with a little shell
0: <laughs> with the little Miss Southern Shell Flair.
1: Um. So this week you went to Royal Oak. I did. That's that's
0: kind of what what messed me up having Justin on this week. Yeah. Was I had forgot that I had to go to Atlanta. So you flew it?
1: out Tuesday morning.
0: Yeah. Tuesday we went and hung out at Royal Oak's headquarters, and um, just north of Atlanta.
1: Who'd you go with? You and Heath flew together, kind
0: of. Yeah, he was on the same plane. I was Heath Riles you know.
1: from Heath Riles Barbecue.
0: <laughs> let's see. Uh Barbecue Ninja Craig was there. Uh, Miss Leslie from U Barbecue. What's it? The Barbecue Princess. Yeah. Hank, uh from it used to be Cuz well, he used to be Cotton Patch, but now he's Hank's Barbecue, I think. Okay. From Columbus was there. Um Mr. Fragalicious was there. Richard Fergola. Um let's see, who else was there? I'm forgetting. Randall Bowman from uh Deep South, Deep South smokers, I think, so that he makes those gravity-fed pits. Um, you know, the guys from Royal Oak. There's a couple other people that I have just met that I, yeah. you know, that I don't really know. But what they were doing, they were bringing us in to kind of give us some insight on what's going on with the Royal Oak, you know, we're going to be, uh, I'm, kind of, you know, I've been cooking on Royal Oak all my life. You know, that was the charcoal we always used. It was that's all you saw. You either saw Kings, the blue bag, Kingsford. We saw Royal Oak, and then when we got into Comp Barbecue, um, we were buying Chef's Select, which was a – no, Chef's Delight. That was Chef's Delight. I never knew there more, was a difference between the two. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. Chef's Delight had more oak and hickory actually made into the charcoal, so you got some wood. And that was what everybody used in the Memphis area growing up because it was good. Top's Barbecue still uses it to this day. Mm-hmm. You can go to Topps barbecue and they've got it stacked to the wall. It's just been like a Memphis staple. And the, I mean, one reason why is we could get it for, you know, five bucks a bag back in the day, 20 pound bag for five bucks. That was, you know, good charcoal. They weren't running the, the Kingsford specials or the, the other two pack specials you see now. And so I grew up cooking that stuff and we had a, you know, we, we worked with them a few years back and, you know, they sent us some charcoal and I'd cook with it and all that. And I got the opportunity after, you know, um, uh, the B&B thing kind of, you know, we tried that. didn't kind of work out for us. But I got the opportunity to, to talk to those guys again. They come out and met us at Memphis and May. And, and I thought it was a good thing to, to go work with those guys. And I'm excited about it. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell anybody yet. So are know. you a sponsor? Yeah, I mean, I'm one of their ambassadors. I don't yeah. know if you call it – it's not really a Sponsorship. Because I'm doing stuff for them, and they're supposed to, you know. I I hope that's the way it works. They do stuff for us, you know, (laughs) promote us. That's what you want, you know, in a partnership. If you're getting with somebody, it's not all about, you know, a A check, yeah, Yeah. check or some product. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta work together if you're gonna do stuff, you know. And so that's what we're trying to do.
1: That's one thing I, I I think a lot of people don't realize is you know you hear about like dale jr getting these endorsements or whoever you know other people in industries well yeah. the barbecue industry really doesn't have that yeah you know? i
0: mean you got some guys doing it i guess very, but most, few. Yeah, very few very few but i'm excited to be working with them and, and it's like they brought us over it's like they started a a, a barbecue i guess they're calling it a barbecue council or royal oak council We're gonna have quarterly meetings where we kind of see what's going on in the industry and and you know they ask us ideas or we we have we may have and they float stuff by us and it seems like it's, you know, it's more of a, these guys care about what's going on and they're really going to work hard on, um, you know, building the Royal Oak brand, of course. But I
1: want to know more about how charcoal is made.
0: That's, you know, that's what I brought up. That was a good thing because I mentioned that I hadn't seen, you know, I want to go out and take a tour, maybe do a video where this charcoal is made because a lot of those guys are top secret about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, Roll Oaks, all American made. I mean, they've got like I guess these charcoal plants in Missouri, and I don't know if there's some in Georgia. I know a lot of it's in Missouri, but where they're actually producing this stuff, and nobody really has an insight on what's going on. Yeah. So I was like, we got to get you guys on a podcast. We got to go out. We got to see some of the stuff because I'm sure people out there
1: would I love wanna, to know as much yeah. as you know.
0: I'm curious about it. I want to know where it comes from. What it you know what it does.
1: People always so. complain about rocks in the bag, but I guess that's a thing.
0: I don't know. (laughs) That's a question. Yeah, you said that. I think someone mentioned. You know, they should they should start a campaign like Willy Wonka. Find the find Find the rock, rock. you get the prize. So I want to
1: know, you know, more about stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. But the product is really good, and you know, and I I love cooking on it.
1: Mm -hmm. But you're not buying the royal oak that you get in. So you're using a product
0: that you can't. I use the the red bag lump. And I use the select. It's because yes. and, and they asked me, "What do you want?" I said, "I want the select." But how I mean, do you, you get how, the,
1: how do you get the select if you don't?
0: Mm, I don't know. I didn't ask that. You know. <laughs> I just asked for. They asked me what I what I would use, and so me, I'm like, well, you know, if I'm cooking, I'm using the select. Yeah. I like it.
1: You can get the red bag lump.
0: Yeah. Walmart. Yeah. Um, I know the Do It Best hardware stores used to carry the select. Now. Mr. Whitehead, charcoal store, yeah, he has. That's where we've always got it in Memphis. Down on, I think it's on Florida Street. Charcoal, charcoal store, charcoal warehouse. Yeah, he's still going. I think it's charcoal warehouse. Yeah, he still he's still selling charcoal, and that's where that's where everybody around here gets it. I mean, Jimmy's got it out at the uh, Memphis barbecue supply. Yeah. You can go out there if you're in, if you're in the Memphis area, but you can find it. It's just you might have to look a little. You're not going to go to you're not going to go to big box store. Right. Yeah, Walmart Home Depot, Lowe's—they're not going to have Chef Select because it's a, its to me it's their premium charcoal. Now it says for restaurant use, and it's you know it's it doesn't have as much of the fillers and stuff that some of these charcoals have where they they turn all white and they got all this binder in them and they leave all this you know uh, residue or stuff all over your grills once it's been burned. And, I mean, it, the royal oak just burns, especially the Chef Select. It just gives you good BTUs, even heat, long burn, and And when it's done, it's done.
1: So that's good. So that's good. Yeah, I talked more about that than I thought
0: I would. (laughs) Probably Um, wasn't even supposed to. (laughs) No, they didn't. I mean, I guess they didn't tell me. I couldn't say anything about uh, working with them.
1: What happens at Royal Oak stays at Royal Oak. That's right. Um, So this week, we've had this um, new product from Thermoworks. We're big fans of Thermoworks.
0: The Billows. Yeah,
1: they sent you this product, the Billows. Um, and we've been talking about using it for a while now,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, the well, we just never controllers. had controllers, so so that was you asked me what we we're going to talk about, it, and I was like, well, yeah, we can talk about that, but we probably need to talk about thermometers and
1: gauges, thermometers, and yeah, gauges
0: probes. that's that's what the topic is gauges, thermometers, and temp probes. well. Where are we going to start? I think so.
1: First, let's talk about gauges.
0: Well, my thing with gauges is. What's a gauge? A a gauge is an instrument that measures uh, (laughs) temperature (laughs) typically that goes through the wall of a grill. You know, that kind of gauge is when we're talking about barbecue gauges, we're talking about temperature gauges on your grills. And that's the best way to do it. It's a round
1: dial. Round dial, usually,
0: typically. (laughs) I don't know. They may make some square ones. But when I think of those, you know, everybody gets, a lot of people get hung up. Oh, I gotta have a gauge on my grill. I've got to have a gauge on my grill. Well, most of those times they're first off, they're cheap gauges a lot of times, these people are using. And a lot of times they're putting them in so obscure places on the grill where you don't even
1: what is the temperature, temperature there ready. matter yeah. anyway?
0: And so I don't get hung up on those that now I do use them on, on my pits. I use my gauges, but a lot of times it's just for reference. But the one that, that the the best gauges that I know of are these Tell Truths. Those are the ones are that I expensive? see. Yeah, there's some more expensive gauges, but that company's been making gauges of all kinds for years, and they're kind of the industry standard.
1: I remember you had um a box, and every mm. time you use um, that tail tray, you'd put after you got done using it, you'd put it back in this
0: box. We did. We took care of them because yeah. we didn't want them to get off calibrated or anything. This was when we were cooking on backwoods, and you could unscrew them. Now a lot of pits, you know, they they have where you can unscrew the dial, take it out. And, you know, and so we would take care of when we travel, when we put, when we, you know, close down, put our cookers back on the trailer or whatever, we would unscrew them, put them back in the box, put them up.
1: But that's unlike you. Yeah. (laughs) For a man that's hard on equipment.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't do it anymore. But those, so that when I'm thinking of gauges, that's what, you know, that's, that's typically the brand I recommend. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're wanting to put, a gauge in a barbecue pit, say you built a drum and you want to put something in it, go to Tell True or find somebody that's selling those. I know uh, locally, Mark Lambert sells them, sweet so one on mine. And that's who I used to buy mine from for our backwoods because he was a backwoods dealer and he had all the sizes.
1: They probably have them online too.
0: Yeah, you can buy them, yeah. probably buy them on Amazon. I mean, it's the standard barbecue gauge. They make all different kinds of faces in them. They got glow in the dark ones. But the thing about those is they're accurate. And depending on where you put it in your pit, you're going to get true readings, you know? Um, the Jambo, I'm sure that, that I didn't look well to guarantee you that's a tell true gauge. It's on it. And my thing with them is when you use gauges, for me, it's a reference. I think you need something else to back up those numbers to know what you're at because that gauge is not reading rack temp. You know, it's yeah. mainly reading air temp, depending on where it's at. Most of the time, not very far in the cooker. You got to think the stems, they have some long stems, but most of them are like a, you know, three and a half, four inch stem or something like that, two inch stem just goes right inside the pit right there and that's it
1: and i've noticed too the reaction time is a little slower on a gauge yeah oh yeah Then it is
0: yeah well we we notice it on the specifically cooking chicken if i start
1: seeing it move in a certain way i know it's really starting to get hot right right down there
0: that's the way those gauges react and um a lot of times they'll start jerking as they're moving i guess they've got i don't know if it's spring-loaded it's something like it heats up, it contracts, it makes that needle move, it gets cooler, it goes back tight, mm-hmm. makes it go down. And so it's not fluid movement, you know, it's going to be jerky. So a lot of times you can go up and tap on it, and you'll see me thump it or tap it, and I'm trying to watch which way it's going. I know what the fire's doing by watching that needle move on those gauges. If I'm tapping it and it's jerking more to the back, well, my fire's going down. I'm losing temp. You need to get a little
1: but if air it's gaining,
0: if it's gaining, and I'm tapping it and it's jerking forward. It's like this thing's Pull on the climb. Need to adjust that vent <laughs> a little. And on drums, it reacts quick. You know, it reacts quicker than it does on some pits. Yeah. But that's you know that's what I, that's what you're doing when you're looking at those taps.
1: Well, do you have to have a gauge on your? Grip?
0: No, you don't. Absolutely, don't have to. And people get ask me all the time. like, oh man, I really need a gauge on the. You know, I need to mount it. Where should I mount it? Where should I drill my hole? I was like, "Well, man, if it's me, I probably wouldn't. I would use something on the inside that's rack level, that's more in a position to where I know uh, um, what that temperature is where my meat's cooking." You know, and that's I don't get way hung way up more into that. the next. Yeah, thing. well, it is. It is, and so well, in the line of gauges, yeah, the simplest form that I've used, and you know, you can have success with it, is the little cheap oven thermometer, and you can buy. Multiple of those, and they're, you know, they're, I wouldn't say they're a throwaway, but you can get one for five bucks and it'll last you a while.
1: They're about a couple inches tall. Usually they have a little base or a little place to
0: hang them. You can bend it and they'll stand up Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the dial gets smoked over. You can take a rag, just wipe it off. It's really easy. But what we do with those is, is we're verifying grate temp. So we're setting them around. If I've got multiple grates or I've got a long, wide grate, I can have multiple of these little oven thermometers and set them around. And see what those tips are. And, you know, that's a good thing. We need to do a video. And a jambo would be a good pit to do it on. Because you to, have such a, a big, big grate that I could get, you know, half a dozen of those and set them around. And then we could film what that gauge is, saying 275 or whatever on the big dial. What is it actually in that pit? That would show. That that's a a, You know, we need to do that. That would be something quick. It wouldn't be. Might have to try to. I don't know if I can no, throw that together a this idea. way. But yeah. I love that. But I can do that. And, uh, but, that but that's what we use those for. It's kind of like you know the old biscuit test, where you're trying yeah. to figure out your hot spots on you. That's what you can do with those, and, and, and you'll you know. Learn
1: your pit and cook on it more and more. And you'll more, know that, and you'll not have know. to worry about.
0: Yeah, it. yeah. And and so that's why I don't use them as much anymore because I've kind of already know. Well, this area of my pit's a little hotter. If I want, you know, if I need to, if I need to get ahead, I can move over there. But if I need to slow down, I go back here to a cool spot. And that's what you're learning when you're doing that
1: that's what you're talking about when you say and learn your pit yeah 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 you're learning about the air how the air is moving through it what it needs where your zones you know, are, where your zones are
0: what the meat's going to do when you got it loaded down but mm-hmm. more importantly what temperature it is, where that meat's sitting that's the most important thing to learn yeah it's one thing to say okay we're gonna hold this pit at 300 and you don't know what the dial you know the dial could be saying one thing and your rack temp's different you need to know
1: have you ever had a gauge go
0: out oh yeah oh yeah we had am go out it's all the 250, time but it's most time there. Of, yeah most of the time is <laughs> because we left them in you the know, rain. in the rain, they got a lot of moisture in them. They're beat up going down the road or something. And so that's how, that's what I've had failures. And we used to keep some backups for those. A lot you of times. You think rattling
1: around like in a trailer being hauled around? Yeah, it, I mean, it's got, up? it's got
0: to, it can, you know, yeah. I don't trust them. I don't trust the gauges a lot of times and I always like to have back. And they fail. I mean, every kind of, anytime you've got a wired probe or, or anything that's reading off like a little thermostat, I mean, there's a chance for it to fail. I mean. And it will eventually. So well, you do, always need to have backups, and that's kind of what we're talking about. That Takes us into the next one. Well, How do, can do pellet, you? Let
1: me ask you one quick question before we yeah. move on. Do pellet grills have a gauge, or is it just a control box?
0: Well, they don't. then that is their gauge. That what what they do is they mount like the the thermostat probe or whatever inside, usually on the wall, back wall or somewhere on the pellet pit, and that's what's reading your your temperature in there, and that's what's telling the auger to stop or slow down or whatever. You know, whatever it is, that's 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 what's controlling it. So it is a gauge and it's a readout. Some of them are more accurate than others. Some of them are kind of a range. Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess you most people trust them a little more on the uh, on the pellet grills. I've had some go out. You yeah, know, I've had them. I've had them go out on me. It wouldn't be a bad them. idea to get some of those little mov- uh,
1: oven thermometers.
0: And know that, yeah. yeah and know- but it, you know, so the step up from the oven thermometer takes us to the next one, which yeah. is kind of a wired probe thermometer. And you I use, broke
1: it down into two. So you got a handheld probe thermometer yeah. and a wired probe thermometer.
0: So the wired probe thermometer I use for two things. One's like a surface air temp, And most of them you can buy or either they'll come with a surface air probe. It's a blunt probe. It's usually about an inch and a half, two inches long. It a has lot, a great clip. A lot usually. of times they'll come with a little great clip or something to hang them on. And that's, um, you used one in this
1: video.
0: Yeah, I did. And that's what I was watching great temp on the drum. And you know, my dial was on the back. I didn't even look at the dial. I trusted that billows was going to run that great temp at 325, and it did. It did a great job. But, but that's like a step above using a wired probe with a surface air temp is a step above using the little oven thermometers, a little more accurate. Um, Brands of those wired probe thermometers that that I, I mean, I started out using like the Polders, which are little cheap ones that you can get at like Williams Sonoma and Amazon for yeah. five ten bucks. Yeah, and they're
1: then, more for. I mean, they're inside cooking almost. Yeah,
0: they're for. I think they're for doing it on a budget. Yeah, the the I mean, they work. You know, they take double A batteries or triple A batteries, and you can get a probe on them, and you can get them for you know less than twenty bucks. You can get one. I, I stepped up and used the Mavericks. After that, they were a little bit better. Um, you know, but same kind of deal, same probes. And then I graduated to using Thermalworks and I like Thermalworks. Thermalworks are more expensive, but I think you pay for quality. quality. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Their probes last. The probes read. I mean, they're easy. They took, they simplified them for one. They, um, I mean,
1: they came a good design, good design. <laughs> they look yeah. It.
0: Yeah. And they la The batteries last forever in them. They're accurate. I mean, they test these things. If you have a problem with them, they'll fix them or send them send you a new one and their probes are better and that's where most of those things fail was you got to think um it's not a lot of times yeah yeah most of the time it's probe failing that's where and all of them you know all probes are going to fail too especially if you're doing like i am and running it through a lid of a smoker i mean some people drill ports i'm not into drilling holes and putting ports in my stuff it's a pain in the butt Running wires through there and then having it in meat or something and then having to pull it out of that. Yeah. I always just run it to the lid. When I wear them out, I get me a new one because they run probe sales all the time. And so
1: you can buy probes to replace. Oh yeah, them.
0: The control units will last. I mean, most of them. I mean, heck, I've had some of my chef alarms for probably ten years.
1: So they have a something called a dot, and it's a do one thing, and it's um, a small probe, and they're. They're pretty affordable. That's you my get for favorite bucks. One
0: now yeah. because they always run sales on them. You can probably get it and for 25 All it is so. is you dial up the temp and it alarms when it hits that temp. Yeah. doesn't get any more simpler than that. There's no time, no, you know, no timer feature. But if you no, wanted I mean. to
1: do an ambient temp and, or like a great temp yeah. and an internal, yeah. See, so that's so the down, I guess that's the downfall dots. of the dots because the There's dot does one. One, yeah.
0: One piece of meat. It and can they may do
1: meat and do great temp, you can do yeah. what, but it's only gonna do what
0: <laughs> now. Now, these companies are coming out with different ones that do multiples. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the grill I have does up to six, they're adding different features of them. Um, so I was gonna talk about that. The um, wired probes are great, so we know we got one that does surface area, yeah. And, shuffle and they arms also just use do one, yeah, they just do one, too. they they're just a little more complicated, yeah, 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 they do. Because I have remember, we used to do Memphis maybe some may yeah. we have 12 shuffle arms going. Ordered twelve of them, and I still got them and use them yeah. all the time. But um,
1: and then they have a, something called a smoke and something called a signals. Yeah, different. And those are multi multi ports.
0: Kind of. We'll, yeah. we'll get to those. Okay. The next the, the next part of the wired uh, probe thermometer I was going to talk about was the internal temperature probe, and that's the one that's reading your brisket, your internal temps, your port butts, watching those money muscles. Uh, if you're cooking big roast, you know, we use them in steak contests to, to nail doneness, this to, you know, to, to take those ribeyes right at 130, 131 mm-hmm. degrees and know what they are, where we want it. Um, they make different sizes of them. I when, mean, you
1: use one pretty much every time you
0: cook. I, you use yeah, them for, for chicken in the size, oven. Yeah. I mean, if we're making chicken, if you're just making a chicken, yeah. In the oven, yeah. yeah. tender port tender one, you use them all the time. Those mm-hmm. things are handy and they're easy too. I mean, um, it's just a wire with the, the meat probe on it. it, reads on the end of it. Now they have some. When I first started buying them, all of them were like six inches long, had the big hook in them. I'm like, and so they, you know, I started talking to these guys. I was like, look, man, we need some better probes. You know, why are we making, what are we, what kind of meat are we cooking? Well, we need to be <laughs> that deep in it because the thing reads on the tip. You got to think a brisket. If a brisket's two inches tall, it's thick. Butts are a little bit thicker, but you're still not going in that far. The tips we're wanting to read. And we've got these probes sticking out, you know, half a foot. <laughs> And so, you don't even really need that. And so, so like they, a prime they rib or so something. they come out with that dot probe, which was like a straight one, it didn't have a hook and it was like a four inch one. That was great. I use one of those all the time. And then they came out with one that's like a two inch or one and a half inch probe. And those are the ones I really like because you can put it right in a brisket, wrap your foil up or put your paper or whatever it is and know where that, and the probe's not getting in the way. It's not hitting racks for barbecue. They work great. I guess those, those longer probes were designed. Only thing I, I can mean, think of is they designed them for chefs cooking huge pieces of, you know, roast or, you know, big steamship rounds when you get down in there six inches. You know, I mean what What's else? A steamship round. It's like a Fred Flintstone piece of beef, you know, the big the whole whole primal of round. High <laughs> quarter, I guess. Where it comes from, I think.
1: Is it any good?
0: Yeah. You sound I mean, yeah. You never heard of steamship round. No. Cooking like prime bread. Carving—they'll be on a carving station. Yeah. Be a big piece of beef or are carving off. That's them, what you,
1: when you go to the casino. That's yeah, what you get. They take yeah,
0: prime rib, steamship round.
1: So anyway, I don't know why it's called
0: steamship to- round. That's a good question. Things to serve it on people. the steamship. That's what I'm. That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> but so that and so that's the wired probe thermometers. There's all different kinds. Um, we want to talk about the one I recommend is the dot because it's inexpensive. And it works really great.
1: They have one now. It's a um, dot Bluetooth. Yeah.
0: And so that, that was, I, I had that in mind. I want to talk about that. So now you're seeing features and some of them are doing Wi Fi. Some of them are doing Bluetooth. They have apps integrated with them to where you can take this dot thermometer or whatever, or, you know, whatever you have and hook it up Bluetooth to your phone or your handheld device. And you can go sit in the recliner and watch your pit temp. You and go those to the come store, in handy. You? Now, those are on the Wi-Fi ones. Okay. So you know, if if you hook it up to Wi-Fi, your home Wi-Fi, you can do that. You can monitor it over um, an app. Same kind of way. Um, my my deal with those the Wi-Fi. What I have problem is is it doesn't my, my Wi-Fi network doesn't extend out to my grilling space, and so I don't have maybe and maybe I need a Wi-Fi extender. I don't know. I need. I mean, that's probably. Probably do. I hadn't checked into it. But I was I'm waiting on one of these companies to come out with a net extender because if For their pick, nobody's for their got pick their pick grills those. inside where their modem is, you know. <laughs> nobody's grilling inside. We're all outside in driveway or wherever. And I have trouble um, you know, going through multiple walls and all that. I've never I've never had any luck on the Wi Fi stuff in our house. Um some guys use it and they say it's great. I haven't I don't use it. Mm-hmm. I use the Bluetooth because the Bluetooth will shoot through two walls and make it to my recliner and then sit there. And so that's what I use. And I've got multiple devices that I use Bluetooth with. Um, the, um, the Thermalworks app's great. The Grill Eye app's great. We use that all the time. Uh, and in fact, in my barbecue trailer, and this, this kind of goes to the next level is, is the multi-port ones. And so, um, I started using one called the Grill Eye because it had six ports and it had an app and it worked great. It works great. I've never had any trouble with it. I can set, you know, set everything. It's, it does way more than I need it to. So I really you- just.
1: Change it on your app? Like Uh, if you decide I want it to go to 295 instead of 295. Yeah,
0: you can do all that. You set however you want it, it remembers it for next time. So you just go through there and classify. Like I've got some set for Money Muscle. I've got some set for Finish Butt. I've got some set for Brisket Flat. Some set for Point. You know, some set for Chicken. I've got, you know, Drum when I'm running, want to know what my temp is on my drum. And the thing about the Grill Eye is it comes with, I think it comes with two probes. I hate the probes, they suck. They're these big old fat ones. And I was like, no, but the ThermalWorks probes plug right into it, and a lot of these other devices, the ThermalWorks probes actually work. So you can buy the shorter probes with a better wire and hook it up to these other devices. And that's what I mean, Girlie. I probably don't want me telling nobody that, but the ThermalWorks <laughs> the probably don't, probably either. don't either. <laughs> They probably want me using their signals. But I mean, and the only reason why I use that Girlie is because I started using it. I liked it. You yeah, know, it's one of those things. I had the signals. I mean, I used. That's what I used this week. It takes four. You can hook four items up to it, and
1: it has a, um, and so, an app too.
0: Yeah, and it has an app interface, and I hook my dot up to it. And I, hook, uh, I don't think I have a. So when you're on, saying you got thing. four
1: channels, that means you can monitor four different things.
0: Yeah. So I've and got,
1: have alarms for all four things.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Right, right. That's and most of them you set a high and low. I don't know. I have never set a low. I don't know anybody sets a low. I guess if you were holding something and you needed it, that's what it's for. I know. I mean, I can see it only. You could set it there. And if your internal temperature falls. Well, I guess, I don't know. I really don't. It's got to be for meat falling when it's rested. That way it, it tells you, oh, we're in a danger zone. Okay. So if I had it set for 140, you know, my low, after I got over 140, and but then I my mean, high, and I was I was working on my high, and all of a sudden it started going backwards in the lawn, and I went, oh man, my grill's off. Yeah. And I done ran out of fire, or whatever. Or if I'm holding in a Canberra or cooler, and it drops down, that's I got to serve, I got to refrigerate, I, you know, I'm on the clock because it's a danger zone. Yeah. All that. But, <clears throat> so then I guess that's what the lows are for.
1: And you did that la- I mean, last weekend when you did your brisket, you oh, yeah. put it in a cooler to see how long. And let it
0: roll all night. Took, you know.
1: And we monitored the internal temp. Man, that night. thing
0: lasted forever. Yeah. It was like ten 11 11 hours it was still. Well, the about whole point of that was
1: uh, that's how they do it, you know, at restaurants. That yeah. They're, they're holding, holding them in
0: them. alto shams or whatever and holding them yeah, it man it makes such a big difference. <laughs> it really does. That hold that's what that's the secret to it. Everybody says, Oh, you can you, know, you cook these things a certain way and you got to go 12 hours. I'm with, sure
1: that has a lot to do with uh, it. Cooking
0: it right part, but the hold on a brisket in butcher paper, man, that's where it turns. The fat, money. the fat in it, just it's almost like candy. I mean, I didn't put any. Did you notice I didn't sweeten that brisket at all? And it still just had this caramelized. I guess it's the fat, the way it caramelizes with the salt and all that and gets kind of crunchy a little bit. It just, ha- I don't know, something about it just has almost a, like a sweet texture to yeah. it. That's when you know you got good beef. Those are Creekstones. I bought Creekstone Primes. That's what I'm cooking today.
1: Yeah. They are
0: they're good. are good. Yeah, they're good. Um. So, that's kind of the wired probe ones. Okay. Now, I did touch so more brought- on the Bluetooth and the, and the Wi-Fi. So, now. what about the handheld? Handheld, I've used a bunch of them. And the best one that I've ever used. And I just, besides my pits, my thermal pen is the best tool I got. I mean, it really is. I use, That thing is critical to turning out good barbecue, knowing, knowing what your internal temperature is and accurately and fast and it's durable. Batteries last forever in them. Now they make them like backlit. I mean, they've, um, they've I mean, they're just, they're awesome. The thing is, any color you want. The red ones are probably the fastest. <laughs> what do they say? That? <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the thing is, you can go to a competition, a barbecue competition or a steak competition, mm-hmm. whatever. Everybody's cooking on different grills. Everybody's got different seasonings. Everybody has a thermometer. Like most
0: people, yeah. Not,
1: I'd say,
0: there's some 90. knockoffs that people use. Yeah, some people Maverick got Maverick, Maverick makes or one one whatever. And other.
1: But everybody's got a handheld, for sure. Yeah. Everybody has a handheld you rub, need one. and I'd like say 90% of the people there so, have a ThermoPan.
0: If, if, if you're running your pit right, and you know what your gauge is reading, and then you know what it is... You're monitoring it. You're monitoring that. it. You're watching your wire thermometers. You know what your surface temperature is. It's great. You know what your <laughs> internal temperature is at your meet. The ThermoPan's your last line of defense, and you... Checking internals, verifying everything's with that when it's done. And all of a sudden you've nailed the doneness. You know, you've got that when you're cooking something, having it either done perfectly over or under. That's the whole key. I mean, you want to cook everything perfect and that's what the thermopen or the internal probe thermometer helps you do. And it makes you a better cook to start to cook to that. I and agree. would you ever, do you ever get to the point to where you don't need it? Maybe there's a lot of times I can cook something. I can tell it's done. Yeah, yeah. This, this is done now, but. When I was first starting out, and I still use it all the time, that's the tool that, that made me a better cook.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Knowing temperatures and knowing how to cook to temperatures, even indoors, you know, when I'm cooking yeah. chicken for dinner or when I'm cooking pork corn for dinner, I'm verifying it because I don't want to overcook you, it. You always hear people say time and temp.
0: It. Don't worry about the time. Throw the time out the window. <laughs> it's all about temp. Yeah. The whole cooking thing is about temp. Time is doesn't matter.
1: But you've also said temp is a guideline, too.
0: Well, no. When I say,
1: when you're talking ribs and brisket, you're going by feel and yeah, color and stuff yeah. like that too.
0: But temp, but I mean temp is the thing. Tem- yeah. Temperature. You're cooking. You're cooking the. Te- you're cooking at a set temp, and you're cooking to a set temp. That's at the time is regardless. Don't worry about the time. You always hear it's people say, to. "Oh, what's time and temp? What's time and temp?" And I guess they want to know that people people like, "Oh, I want to serve something a certain things. So I need to know it takes me six hours to cook it." You can. Th- I mean. Time is something you need to figure out, and you can't just tell somebody it's going to take you six hours to do this. You know, because there's rest involved. You can rest it longer; it could get better. Your fire could go out in the middle of the. You never know. You never know. So I always say, cook to temperature. Cook to temp. Hold. You know, cook at temp and to temp. That's the best way to do it.
1: So a lot of times you're using a um a gauge on your grill. You're using a. Wired probe and a handheld probe. Using all of it, yeah.
0: yeah, You got to.
1: So, how important is it to have a handheld or a wired?
0: Uh both commercial? of them are both of them are really important tools to have. And
1: you, you know, they make those little um, cheap handheld probe thermometers.
0: Yeah, you, you know, I'm at
1: Walmart.
0: I've seen them. They don't. They're not very accurate. I mean, if, if I was going to go with one of those, I'd go the old school chef route. With the dial, it's like a gauge on a probe. You pull it out of the little holder, yes. Stick it in, you can watch it come up. We used to use those. I mean, they're they're slow, but they're accurate, and uh, it's important also calibrate your handhelds or just verify they're reading right. How do you do that? Boil some water, stick it down in it. You can make you a ice bath, stick it in there. It should be close to thirty two, and then you should you know then you can take you boil water. Water boils at two twelve. Looks where I'm from. <laughs> you put it in there. If it's reading, you know, that water starts boiling, it's 212, you know, you're accurate. And so I check mine pretty regularly just to make sure. Yeah. And I've had, I've had them, you know, I've had a few thermopens that I've had to send back and had them recalibrate and see what's up with them. Um, the the service, They're really good about that. Heck yeah. I mean, you just, you go on their website, and set it up. They send you the shipping package, you ship it back to them. They can't, if they don't fix it, they will send you another one. I mean, they're warranted. And they know that you know they know who have you know who each one's sold to, or at least I mean all the ones I've bought from them have. If you buy, they've an got open serial box. numbers. They, you- even the open boxes do. I bought you one open box and had to send it back to that pink one. Yeah. And it comes with the full warranty. Oh really? It's you know, It's, it's tagged to you. No, they each one before they ship them out has been opened, calibrated, and signed off on. So they have have a record of it when it was checked, who checked it, what it was doing then. That yeah. way, when you send them back, you know you can say hey.
1: They are the. Would you yeah. say that they're
0: the top? In my book, they're the best.
1: Yeah,
0: I hadn't found. Put it this way, I hadn't found one better. And I'm not saying all their products are the best, but the Dugum Dots and the thermo and pens. the Thermopins are probably top. Chef Arms are up there, but um, you know,
1: what do you think about the smoke and the signals?
0: So we talk the about smoke. those now. So when we get into those,
1: so the smoke is the four.
0: Yeah, and it's the wire. So the Smoke was one of their their first ones they came out with. It's a two-channel. That was two, it was a wireless. So it had, you know, your probes. It sit on the grill. And then you had a transmitter that it showed you um, what the temperatures was. And it, it had to talk like to, a a to it. It had remote. to talk to it. Yeah, you had the remote to it. Maverick come out with one. They had one. I never could get the Maverick. It, it would work as long as you were line of sight. But once you went inside something, I never could get them to work. I know some people had luck with them. I went to through three of them, sending them back and forth, and I never could, so I scratched those. But when I got my s- smoke come out, I got one of those, and they work. You know, what I don't like, wasn't too long after that, they come out with their app. And so I don't want to tote around a remote. I've always got my phone with me. And so that's the one reason why I don't use that. The thing works. It just, I don't want to carry a receiver around. They added
1: a gateway.
0: Yeah. And so that was their Wi Fi gateway. Yeah. Um, I think it could go Bluetooth or Wi Fi. And that's what would talk to the app and let you, you know, let you see it that way. But that's
1: just something else you got to add. It was add. So there's another
0: gap. Yeah. And so now they've gotten to, to where it just talks to them Bluetooth. Or I think, I think, you know, I don't know if you still have to connect it to the Wi Fi because I never can get mine to work on Wi Fi. So I never do it. Uh, I always just use Bluetooth. To me, bluetooth makes more sense if i was going now if i knew i was going to go out and you know I, we're here at work and i was going one of my grill to be fired up by the time i got home or something like that i could see that being beneficial like traeger has that now with theirs yeah. supposedly i've never seen it work
1: he says he yeah. says he
0: uses it all the time and, I, and maybe i do need to get a net extender i actually asked those guys when we were out at I saying, I mean, i'm having trouble i can't get it to work and they're like well, call support, you know, they'll walk you through it. And I was like, I've done all that. It don't work. <laughs> and so I was like, have y'all ever thought about, you know, making a, a Traeger net extender? Yeah. Well, we're talking about it. And I was like, well, when you do, let me know. Cause I want, I want it to work. The Memphis grill is the same way. I have a Memphis grill that's supposed to be Wi-Fi and all that. And I can't get it to work either. And it has to be just because I'm out of range. I'm sure the, I'm sure they work. They just don't work at my house, yeah. you know, but.
1: We don't have that great of internet to begin
0: with.
1: Yeah, we're rural. Yeah, does that matter at all?
0: I'm sure. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, our router it had nothing to do with It's talking on the router instead of that. But
1: but then they have a signals, and that's a four channel. Yeah, and, and that's, that's their.
0: Bluetooth. So that one's the one that I started using more.
1: And it connects to that. I
0: use it at how I use it at the house all the time. Um, I didn't use it in contest because we have we use six probes. Mm-hmm. It's only four. That's why that's the difference between the Grilla and the signals. They work the same. I mean, they work to me. They work about the same. The signals is probably more accurate. I've noticed when using it at home. It's more accurate. And, um, then the, well, can I say it's more than Grilla? I don't know. Both of them. I mean, they both work. Yeah. I would just think What's the price products. point on the Grilla. Do
1: you know?
0: I don't know. I'm, I think, you know, I think they're like 60 bucks. I've saw them at a Academy sales on now. Really? Yeah.
1: Like the real?
0: Yeah. I saw it the other day.
1: The price point on the signals, they get it on sale for $183. They're, pr- they're pretty high. Yeah.
0: But you get what you pay for, you know. They
1: have a grill out Pro Plus now.
0: How much is it? 100 bucks. 119 bucks. I bet you that's the same price range. I want to say it. the original was like 60 bucks last time I saw it. I thought that was a great deal for a six probe, you know, for a six probe control unit that works with an app. Wi-Fi, the radio, not Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. Is this one the six channel? Six channel
1: one? It's forty-two is it, bucks.
0: Is it the red one that I have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still went down to forty-two dollars. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a steal.
1: The probe You still need to go is, buy some probes. Eighty-three.
0: Though. You still need to go buy your probe, so you're still going to be out yeah. another. If you buy six of them, that's probably another fifty, you know, whatever that is. So, um
1: you also have yeah, that'd be a about a hundred something bucks total. Yeah. So you also have a thermal. What's a thermal?
0: Uh, a surface scanner. Yes. Surface. That's yeah. what I'm talking. about. Thermal scanner. Well, so I use those in steaks contests. And it, what it is, it's like a handheld gun that reads surface area. It reads the temp on the table or on the grate. And that's what we use them for when we're cooking steaks. We want to know what our grate temp is when we put a steak down. You want it hot, and so. Um, uh, there's several different kinds I, mean, I just happen to have a ThermalWorks one but I know a lot of guys use different brands of those and they all mm-hmm. work um, they're they're handy for for grilling if you need to know your great if you want to know your great temp when you're grilling we don't use them in barbecue a whole lot just because I mean we're not you know it's not really an accurate low and slow yeah. reading device I mean I guess it would be accurate you're but, more interested yeah I'm in in more that's over time yeah, yeah. Ambient air temp over time versus what surface temp is, because that's mostly for searing, for grilling, for knowing your hot spot there, and that's what we use. And that's what we use those for. I keep one in my little, you know, supply box, and the, the, we and I get it out every every steak contest.
1: Do you use it at home when you're oh,
0: grilling? Not as much. I mean, now I don't have to. I mean, now I don't have to worry about it a whole lot because I, I can usually tell you what that great temp is because I know. If I use a chimney of charcoal, spread it out, add a little more, let it roll about thirty minutes. You've it should be, yeah, 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 yeah. But we still in steak contests. It's just habit. We it comes out with all the other stuff, and you scan it. Well, you're, you're p- paying for you know yeah, for yeah. money there. That's so. right.
1: So is a they're worth thermal it? Thermal yeah, they're worth it worth for it. cooking
0: for grilling steaks. Knowing your hot your temperatures, I would say can't hurt. And I don't think they're. What's very the expensive. price point on those? There's different ones, but but you can get on Amazon for fifteen twenty bucks.
1: Would it be an infrared?
0: Yeah, infrared thermal scanner, I guess.
1: Sixty nine bucks. Yeah, is that
0: the is that the thermal works one? It's
1: the industrial IR gun. That's is. the one I have. Yeah. And they have. Man, I mean, how long that, that I've
0: had that forever, and I don't know how long that battery lasts. I've never put a battery in it. It doesn't. The weird thing about them is it doesn't have an on and off switch. It's just, <laughs> it just goes off on its own. They came out with those thermopin IRs, but yeah, you know, I tried one and use it. It works, but it don't work near as good as the. Yeah.
1: You'd rather have those two yeah. separate pieces of equipment. Right,
0: yeah, yeah, because it seemed like it took away from both. Combining it in that unit took away from the fast function, you know, of the of the thermal pen, and it took away from the easy function of the scanner. I mean, did it work? Yeah, it worked. But I think the, the gun by itself works better, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the MK4 definitely works better.
1: So what about a pit control device? So that's... Which is what the billows was.
0: Yeah, and now those... so. The billows was the fan portion of a pit control device. Now, most pit control devices, they have probe thermometers. They have a surface probe or a clip probe that you probe on your gauge to, to know what your pit temp is. And they also have functions where you can watch internal temperature on various cuts of meats. And so that's like the first ones that I ever used was barbecue guru. Those, you know, that, that's the one that comes to mind. And so they had a little control box. Have all different size ones, from little ones with no display to fancy Wi-Fi ones, um, and that's what I've always—that's what I used, you know. Before I got this billows, I had one.
1: Use y'all use those on the backwoods yeah. a lot. Didn't and
0: you? I want to say, Rocks—I can't remember that California. I have another one. It's a company out in California makes it. It's like Rocks Barbecue
1: Flame Balls has or something some. like.
0: Yeah, Flame Balls—they uh, make them. Um, there's several different ones that make them now. Fireboard, I think, does is oh, doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't played. I have, you know, I have one of the flame bosses. I need to, to use it and see how it works. But ThermalWorks got in that game too. They made the fan. The cool thing about it was it came with um, all. It, all it is is like a, a little plug, an adapter that goes to the little plug that goes to the power, and then you run one wire to port four on the signals. And boom, it's just like you set it right there on the signals, nothing else. So I just set that to 325, that fan comes on, and then when it, you clip your air probe right inside uh, on your grate, or you, if you had a little alligator clip, you could clip it directly on your gauge. And that, I, I do like those probes. That's what uh, uh, Barkey Guru come out with those, where it's like an alligator probe instead of having just that surface probe. You can clip it right on the grate, yeah. and you know what it is, or on the gauge. And it controls. So, when the fan kicks on, as the temperature drops below your set point, the fan kicks on. Your grill's pretty much shut down. You're cutting off air to it. The only air getting to the You've coals. You exhaust, don't you? I, I, I usually run the exhaust about cracked, but intakes shut off. There's no air getting to the coals, no oxygen, unless, unless the fan's machines. blowing. Yeah. And so, as the temp drops, the fan's pushing more air through it. And that's stoking the fire. What stokes it up, temperature rises. And then once it gets to where it is, it just kind of pulses every once in a while, just to keep the air going to hold it. And it recognizes it pretty quick. I mean, I was surprised by how you know how fast that billows when I shut the get shut the lid to the drum. How fast it got it to three twenty five and how it held it there. Yeah. And even when it would like spike because drums spike when you raise the lid, let more oxygen in, it would it would shut it down. And when I close it, it would bring it back pretty fast too. And I was I mean, it worked for that. Now. The biggest downfall. It, yeah. The downfall of it is they they hadn't quite figured out how to mount it to a cooker yeah. <laughs> because it can, it comes with like this little clip that's inside the you know the little mounting plate which is not really a mounting plate it's just a square with a piece of gasket foam on it and it's got this little you know expandable clip that sticks out you're supposed to push that in and stick it in your exhaust and then it's going to go out and hold well it can't hold that fan.
1: The billows is
0: too big. Yeah, it's too, too big for that. I mean, Every, that's I, my biggest
1: complaint. Yeah, Every time we would open the pit it's and shade, close it, it shaved. would knock it off. Yes.
0: And so they, and they came, it came with like some gasket tape that you're supposed to tape up any holes. I mean, did use that. But you need, it needs some kind of a plate. And that was what, you know, the other ones I've used, they always have a specific. And I, and I got to look it on their website. They make some for it. Like I saw them working on a Kamado one. And I'm sure they'll eventually have to come out with more. Well, but see, you gotta. I have, love
1: the idea of the quick snap on and off. Oh yeah. You know, I love that idea. You can move it to different pits. You can right. take it with you. I love it. You can, you know, put it up and store it a yeah, lot easier yeah, because yeah. the barbecue guru is a little more difficult right. and it just stays on. My
0: adapter stays on. You know. Yeah. And,
1: but they need to work on the attachment. Oh yeah, a little
0: it's bit got better. it's got to. I don't think it can support itself. Yeah. I, I mean, it looked like maybe it's made to go on a Weber. Like you could stick it because the the clip was thin enough, and the wall of the Weber was thin it enough to where it would clip in there, holes, yeah. and it would work on that little smaller hole. Yes. I could see it working. It would hold it there, yeah. too. But for, I mean, to me, it needs pit specific adapters because if if there, I had something that could a way it could slide in or something and hold it there, but the the little clip's not going to hold it on my Or way a way to clip to. it
1: or clamp it on, yeah. A way to clamp it or something, the, you know, yeah, on there the exhaust some way,
0: right. That's the only downfall to it. Yeah. The thing worked like a charm. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm all about the way it functions. It just needs it needs mounting help.
1: Yeah, I agree. That was my biggest problem with it. It worked, but the mounting. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you use these pit control devices on all types of pits?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean... You don't need it on a pellet because it has no its own. Grill, but, but just about any other type of grill... From Big green egg drums to eggs, any kind of you know any kind drums of tomato style pit. For. They are, um, you know, gravity fed pits they work on. What about uh, like water a pk? Smokers they work on.
1: You want to turn a pk into a smoker?
0: Um, you know, I could see it working on the 360 pretty well yeah. because you could close off one side. You know, you got an intake place. It's got a tube for it to mount on some kind of way. You could run it on that and you'd have to you know, put your probe in on the great temp or wherever you did it. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. It would definitely, I think it would definitely work on a PK.
1: Same thing with a Weber.
0: Weber definitely work on Smoky Mountains to Kettle set up for a two zone. I mean, it, it's versatile. And for something like that, you definitely, I mean, I could definitely see you using it. That's, I mean, that's why I like doing them on a the drum. I mean, drums run pretty good, but man, when you put one of those pit control devices on it, They just lock in. Don't use any fuel. You never have to worry about it. You know, if you go off and leave you leave your lid open too long, fire gets away from you. It's your grill's already shut down, so it knows. It's just making it run smarter. You're not having to adjust anything once you get it locked in. I mean, it just rolls.
1: You've tried it before to see. After you got something off a pit, you just let it keep going to see how long it would hold those temps steady. What did you get to, like 12 hours, 18 hours? One time it was like 16 hours, yeah.
0: yeah. That was on regular charcoal briquettes. I've been running lump in mine, and I doubt the lump. You know, lump's not going to run that long, but it would probably run. I bet it would run 12 hours, 10 to 12, with a pit control device. Yeah, easy.
1: So there you go. You put your butt on. If you've got the right... If you're monitoring your internal temp, you've got a pit control device monitoring your... You can't mess drone. it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's foolproof. You don't even it have to really mess it up. It really in the chair. is. It really
0: yeah. is. <laughs> Set your limits. You want to do a timer. See how long you...
1: When it's been on for so long, go <clears> out and wrap it. Yeah.
0: I mean, Keep some of them have like graphs. They'll show you how the cook's going. I mean, you can get, you can get scientific with some of them. I've never... Got into all that charting it, mm-hmm. you know. So some of the apps they have for them let you build a profile, and you can share your cooks and recipes and all that. Oh, really? And yeah. That's I mean, smart. They're, they're they're taking it to another level on some of these, you know. I guess that's for the techie barbecue person. Yeah, I'm more of just, just get some seasoning on it, cooking. I want to know my you know my temps, but
1: you're more about you're thinking about the deliciousness, I not the, the graphs,
0: not the grass. <laughs> some people get into it. The fire boards are really big on graphing your cooks and knowing what's going on. I know Dwayne, he'll he'll keep up with all his own cooking hogs and know what each muscle yeah, group is on each probe and all it that. I was like, you know, that. Yeah. It, say, Man, it's done when it's done. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, every pig cooks different. Yeah. Um so how many of of their how many of those pit control devices are there out there that you know of? Flame <sighs> Boss, Barbecue Guru? Billows is Thermoworks new. Fireboard.
0: Jump into the game, the Fireboard. Um, man, what's the one? Uh Grilla's not in that, are they? No, I don't think they have a fan. That that Rockstar, one, I guess they're still making those rocks. Power, man, what's that one called? I'd have to look it up. It's been so long since I, and you don't really see people using them anymore. It was, it was real technical. Oh, really? It was. I mean, they had all different kinds of stuff you could do with it. But and any then of those uh, were- There's another one out of. There's another one that, uh Mike Brinkman uses that has got like the hose and the fans made right on it, it connects to it. it's all one unit. Man, I can't remember what that one's called either. He did a video on it recently. Did his he? Drum. Does he like it? Yeah, he uses them all the time. Yeah, I want to say they're out of Missouri. Maybe I'm not sure. I had to. But any of those types. There's, so there's there's a half dozen yeah. that I know of. You know, heard and they of them? Maybe really, more. Yeah, they all they work. All work. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty simple technology. It's just. You know, you've got a control unit and you've got limits, and it's got a fan that tells that fan to come on when the limits reach. So there's not a whole lot to it. Now, whether you want to Wi-Fi it and Bluetooth it and Charter. graph it and all that, <laughs> it start getting start getting complicated. But I've seen guys make homemade ones where they've just got some probes. They got really? them, yeah, they've got a little fan. It's not it's like a five CFM or whatever, ten. There's different size fans you can get. They're just like little computer fans or something like that, and they. Oh. And then yeah. hook them up and tells them to turn on, turn yeah. off and when you set a limit to it. So, yeah,
1: so it's so not would you have to write like some type of code or no. application. It's not no, that no. kind of uh-uh.
0: It's just limits. I mean you didn't it's make tough. a little, it's just a circuit, you know. You're just making a circuit, complete the circuit. Tells it when to turn on, turn off. Thermostat. That's all it is. I'm not don't try to get in the dead gum pick controller market. <laughs> <laughs> You're but there's done. place for them. I mean, that's, that's the point that I want to talk about was that, I mean, that was what we wanted to get across was that those things work, especially if you're you know, new to grilling, you want to really know how to get those temperatures steady and you've got a little added insurance. We use them. I use, we used to use them a lot of times when we go to bed because you knew your pit was okay. And that's kind of, well, um, you know, it was, it was extra insurance yeah. that, that everything's going to be fine when you're not there. Yeah. That's what they're for. That's what I mean. I guess the kind of barbecue babysitters. That's a good name <laughs> right. for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the what it pit is. Pit control devices yeah. are. Pit controller. But is that? And that's, I mean, all the, that's, that's all the questions I yeah. got. All right. That's all you got for me on gauges. What was it? Gauges, on, ha- thermometers, and, and.
1: Gauges, thermometers, and temp probes.
0: Okay. That's a pretty good one.
1: And we did pit controllers.
0: But yeah. So what do we got coming up? thermometers. Fantasy football cooking.
1: Yeah, we're fixing to leave here and go get started doing our prep, getting some video footage. Um, you still haven't decided what you're
0: cooking for Labor, Labor Day. Day? No, I got to do something for Labor Day. He needs a, a need some inspiration. Yeah, I have to go to the list. I've got some stuff. A burger probably isn't bad. I don't know. I got to come up with something.
1: What's what? What do you think of when you think of Labor Day? I think it pulls. It's like your last hurrah. It is.
0: I mean, you know, mostly, mostly it's like hot dogs and hamburgers. Uh You know, something easy. You're supposed to take it. It's Labor Day. You're supposed to take it off. You know, you're not (laughs) supposed to do a whole lot. It's not like a rib holiday. You
1: could do a hot dog.
0: Yeah. Man. Yeah, I could.
1: Like a fancy hot dog?
0: Well, it's a fancy. Yeah, I could do some hot dogs. I don't know. Hot dogs three ways, New York dog, or Chicago. I've already done a Chicago dog. That mm-hmm. might be. Eh, you never know. I might do dogs and burgers. Labor Day cooking. I'll come up with something. We're gonna do it. We're gonna film that, release that, and we're gonna be. We're gonna, you know, I'm going dove hunting. I hope I, I hope I get some doves to cook uh, for the next one. But after that, we're going. We're gonna go to watch a Braves game. Yeah, in Atlanta. Hang out and with the rights, Russell Wright. Got to start working on our uh, world food stuff. And then I'm sure we'll work some contests in there too. So busy, busy.
1: Well, that's all I have to
0: Oh, for we today. got a fire dancer coming up to do a video with us, right? He's going to do a
1: competition chicken. That's on, coming. Uh, you guys food. watch it. He's going to. We've had a lot of people ask for competition chicken videos.
0: So that's going to be a fun one. I can't wait because he kicks my butt in chicken. <laughs> And we do pretty good we in chicken. We do good in chicken. You know, I don't say he kicks our butt. He, he beats us some. Yeah. He's. You're pretty good in chicken. Got it down. Yeah. But, but I'm like, he's you know. University. And it's chicken on the Jambo. He's He cooks on the Jambo. So we're gonna, I'm going to pull Jolene out we're going to fire her up and I'm going to learn how to I'm, cook some Fire Dancer chicken.
1: I'm hoping that he can do the video and the podcast. If we can fit yeah, it both in. Yeah, we can probably it. do that.
0: Yeah. We can probably do that. But that's about it. All right. Well, hey. Uh, where can they find us?
1: If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's at How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Hey, we appreciate y'all listening today and we'll see you next time.